What is up, everyone? This is the first attempt, maybe last attempt, at an Arl Knots podcast. I'm Zach. Hello, Zach. This is Craven. Let's start that again. <laughs> nope, sucked. we're in it. <laughs> sucked. No, I can't. can't what sucked it. about it? What do you want to do? Let's try that again. You want to get drunk? Hello, and welcome to the first official Arl Knots podcast. Hey. I'm Craven. This is Zach. And uh, today, uh, what are we doing? It's a great day. Today, the Rogue One trailer releases, but you gotta watch the Olympics to see it. You gotta watch the Olympics. See how they did that there? Yeah, they they're sneaky about it. They don't. We've been looking at it all day to see what time it's gonna come on, and they've been very strategic and not telling you. So you just you gotta watch the Olympics. They were like, when's it going to air? Uh, on the Olympics. On the Olympics. <laughs> some At some point during the yeah. Olympics. So we're waiting for it because we're going to do something with it. And by the time you hear this podcast, you will have seen it. Hopefully. Yeah. If everything goes, <laughs> everything goes according to plan, you will know what we were waiting for. Yes. But until then, we're sitting here talking <laughs> shit. Just, uh, just passing the time. Yeah, and some gas, too. <laughs> God, so, some, I had some apricots today. <laughs> Coming up today, we're gonna shoot the shit, uh, and then we'll answer some questions uh, that Zach Zach floated out the. I put the call to the action call to out action, there, and you so, guys slammed us. There's some great questions out there, and we will for sure not have time to do all of them. <laughs> but we'll uh, we'll pick some of the maybe at random. Yeah, we're definitely not gonna answer the. The clear, like, joke ones, like the meaning of life. We could try to answer that we one. We could try. We'll tell you what we think the meaning of life is, <laughs> and then if you agree and want to run with it, that's cool. But don't hold us accountable. So anyway. Yeah, let's talk uh, So let's talk about some current things that are going on. I don't know if we're late to the game with this or not, but Stranger Things, uh, spoiler alert, you can jump to about 6 minutes and 15 seconds if you want to get up ahead of our spoilers. Okay, so... Everybody who's like, there are so many unanswered threads and unanswered questions, I just don't agree with that. That's sort of like saying that the film E.T. has unanswered questions that it raises about where E.T. is from or what the planet where, he's from where, is like. We didn't see where E.T. went. The movie's not over. It doesn't have unanswered questions. Uh, I, I feel like it was the perfect single-season story. And the idea that they're going to continue with the sequel with the same characters is is a classic fuck up. Like, you don't need to do that, and now they're gonna have to force a story lost style, and they're just gonna create more holes. Well, this I, you I don't want to know. I don't want to know what happened to Eleven. It's perfect. Yeah, the way it is. The story was told. There can still be mysteries, but Look, it's not like they planted unanswered questions. Here's what happened. She turned into pure energy. <laughs> And exists in the lights. Um, they oh. actually they actually address that very cleverly. There's like meta commentary at the end when they're they're like everybody's back together and they're doing a new D and D campaign and then it, they win and they're all celebrating and then like Lucas I think was like what that's it it was so short and he's like no it was like ten hours what do you mean short he's like but what about the the errant knight and the powerful princess and what yeah. was up with those flowers in that cave like they were already aware that yeah. there was going to be questions they just made fun of it in, right, right. before you in advance which you is know? hilarious they yeah, they killed it I didn't mind that they that there were questions and and I didn't even think that there were that many but no, there here's wasn't. the one thing that I really couldn't get past 
Um, and I love the show. And I think that the Duffer brothers killed it. They killed it with that. But someone actually did die <laughs> to make that show. Did they? I don't know if that's true. No, that's not true. <laughs> so here's the thing that I, I couldn't quite forgive, right? So you've got Hopper and Joyce get into the they get into this the upside down, right? They explore it, they locate Will, right? Right. And they, they get him that. and they revive him. Right. But they never show them exit the 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 world. You know what? My girlfriend it's said a that too. She's like, "Oh, they're just back." And I was like, "I just I It's it's a, it's unacceptable." I, I I apologize for it's like, "Well, we saw them get there. I, we just have to assume they they knew the way back." Like that was all I had to offer. I agree, and she called it clearly there was an immediate problem with it that people had. Like it was not It's it was obvious to people that like that they just showed back up again. Cuz if it's like they went so through you some crazy. They, you think like, they went all the way back to the to the building? I think that it was just assumed that they just went back the way they came. Yeah, but it's all it's like, did we see the gate from the other side when they walked through it? Like when they showed up in the world? No. So we yeah, we don't we have we no idea. Know, how they we got don't know. We don't know. But but they established that the gates open and close. Right. So I I felt like what I really wanted to happen so badly was for them to spill out into the high school. Or the school uh, through the gate that the that creature the monster made. had yeah. made getting into in, into the school. Yeah, that would have made such perfect sense. But I guess I guess you're right. They retraced their steps. And I have got- to you said what I took from it is I was assumed that because it's a perfect mirror world, that's how they knew where Will was because they knew that it was in their backyard. They just had to walk there from. They basically like had to just take oh, a long just walk, walk from the, the building. They had to go through that whole building again sure. that yeah. they were in. They had to go outside, walk. And so I imagine that the portal also exists on that other side. Because that one thing about that, yeah, other smaller portals were temporary and they closed. But that but one, that was, one was always one. there. Yeah, okay. Exactly. That's fair And they enough. had that guy on a line, you know, when they got sucked in there yeah. the first time. Um, okay. So I, I buy that. I was willing to let it go. I actually. You know what? I'm actually, I'll buy that. It's yeah, it's I'll just, buy that. It's, the rest of it was too good for me to like hang that on it, you know. I oh, like, I, I, I'm not against. I, I think the series is phenomenal. I, you know, I think that it's nice. It's kind of fun that they went with this, uh, the '80s aesthetic as far as they did. It at first it felt like a gimmick to me, but the the show hooked me right away with the characters. Uh, the the story was instantly intriguing. I felt like it never let up. Every episode they were introducing a new piece of information yeah. about the world that made it even more intriguing. I thought that the flow of the story was awesome. Well, here's what I thought too, because you, you know me, I'm very protective of the eighties. When I see something that looks like blatant, like nostalgia pandering, I get real defensive. I'm like, this is bullshit. This was clear, clearly made by somebody, some 20 year old who's like fetishizing the eighties yeah. and just made everything day glow neon and like, and laser grids. That's not how it all, all of it was. I, I, I felt that this world felt immediately like, real it was genuine and it also was this like they made the story have to kind of work in the 80s like the whole idea of the poltergeist style like phone communication and her having the stress of having to go buy a new phone for her wall yeah like these are all things that like they absolutely played to the time absolutely it was like they thought about it being in the 80s not just like made it 80s to be cool you know but uh i had a friend who's a he's a fellow Film. He was. He went to my film school, and he's actually a really smart dude. He's a. He's a pretty prominent music video director. He was kind of crapping on the show for being like nostalgia pandering, and he was like, "Oh, remember Trapper Keepers? That's so rad!" And I just, 
I understand it because I feel that way about other stuff, but I never got on that with him. I was like, no, man, this is really good. Like, you got to keep watching it. And he begrudgingly admitted that it was a good show at the end, but he still maintained that it was like, it was like two eighties for eighties sake. And I was like, oh, no, really? man, it I took place. Know. That thing took that legitimately took place in the eighties. Yeah, they and and of course of of course they were going for that. So. You can forgive them a certain yeah. level. They, they of, made it make sense why it was taking place in the '80s because the whole premise of it, the whole um, uh, MK Ultra, was a real thing that they did in the '80s. Like they've yeah. confirmed that there actually was an MK Ultra program. They tried to give LSD to veterans to give them telekinetic powers. Right, right. They really did that, <laughs> and so that was that was a thing of the time. Like they're and they were doing it to fight Russians. Like. To make that story today would be ridiculous. So it's yeah. there were there were so many reasons to to not make it. I mean, to, to make it in the eighties that it was totally fine with me. But. Yeah. Oh, and and you know, can we just talk about the soundtrack for one second? The soundtrack was so the soundtrack is releasing so dope tomorrow. Original music by Kyle Dixon and uh, Michael Stein. Uh, Are you familiar with those guys? I, you know, I don't. I am not familiar with their work, but holy shit. I am a fan now. Yeah. I mean, the soundtrack to the show is is really stunning. It sounds like they worked hard to achieve a, a legitimate analog sound. Yeah. I think they probably went to, to great lengths to, to make it happen. But um, like the show's aesthetic in the open, which looks like it was pulled right from like an know, 80s. VHS. Yeah. Well, I mean, it looked uh, like the, the whole open was very much like that young adult 80s kid show yeah. feel to it. And or like the, the cover of like a Stephen King book. Or or it was like more this. like the cover of like a Choose Your Own Adventure book. Is what yeah, it's, yeah, I yeah. think it was what, because they even had the chapters in there, like chapter five, the, you know, the yeah. acrobat, the flea. Like they were very much like nailing all those aesthetics. Yeah. And I was actually, I, when I first- The got it just, it, it, it kills me how, how great it is. When so. I, I was, I, I gotta admit, when I first started it and like the titles came up and the, the, the heavily synthesized soundtrack came in, I was like, oh, look how, Goddamn 80s we are, and I was like, it's pretty dope though. <laughs> like, I was on that boat. I was I was on the boat like for some reason to like to be open to hating it. Though there is there is one thing that's kind of funny that that every soundtrack is is doing now, and it, I feel like it didn't start with Daft Punk and Tron, but there's a particular melodic and harmonic thing that people can't like go off. Hold on a minute, I'm gonna grab my synth. Yeah. Hold on a minute. <laughs> It's like, uh, let me see if I can play this. I wish you guys could see this little, this, this little box. If you donated to us on Patreon and you are above the $5 mark, we, we did a thank you video recently that features this device that he's using right now. So, so it's like... That's... It's like, those are the patterns of notes right there. That's the pattern of... Of, of, of what an '80s computer sounds like. Yeah, here's here's every here's every soundtrack that's played on an analog synthesizer. Here we go. There it is. And if it was Daft Punk, you go. <laughs> or if you have the soundtrack to Stranger Days. And then just by changing the root note, you know. There you go. We just wrote the soundtrack to Stranger Things. Which is an amazing mind. soundtrack and buy, there, it, buy there, it immediately. <laughs> there was one particular song too and it was probably seven there. We're looking at the sound, the track list right now, 11. When they first run into her in the woods and it's so such a quick bite, but it was, oh man, it just 
made that moment. Like, there's some super creepy stuff too. Uh, their their use of uh, of dissonant, the use of dissonance in the soundtrack is used very effectively. Uh, in place of, um, you know, in horror films, an electronic score is interesting. You don't get a lot of the. Uh, you know, if you're scoring for a horror film and you go it's with like an orchestra, strings. Yeah, you can like do something dissonant. strings. But, you know, doing something dissonant uh, with synths is is an interesting. There's a little trickiness there, and I think they really they really nailed it. Yeah. I mean, there are some parts where they get away from the the synth work, but yeah, there's they, some definitely choice some moments. Like, yeah. They're really really deliberate and very and they, strategic moments. They struck that balance too, because it's the another thing about doing a full like synth soundtrack is that. It kind of gets them away from that vibe they were clearly going for, which is that Steven Spielberg sort of like young adult adventure vibe, yeah, which totally. is uh, you know none of those ever had synth soundtracks. So it was like it was a, it was a risk they took, but I think it paid off. And I'd say I think it's safe to say that we now know what it would be like if there was a Steven Spielberg film with a synth soundtrack after seeing Stranger <laughs> Things. What what else should we uh, jump into here for the podcast? What's know. up next? Well. There's a Suicide Squad, but I don't want to shit yeah, on that too badly. Let's not get into that. And you haven't actually, seen it. I haven't seen it. I actually I feel like there was some more I wanted to say about Stranger Things, but I almost... Uh, Maybe what we could do is just be like, this episode, Stranger Things. Stranger <laughs> Things, man. You know? What else is... What are, what are some Stranger Things happening in the world right now? Uh, <laughs> well, let's, start, let's keep going with Stranger Things, like Cast. Yeah. A guy who played Hopper. Hopper's the best, dude. I yeah. love that guy. Let, I, think, I think the last thing I saw him in might have been... Uh, the the Equalizer movie with Denzel Washington. I think he was oh, a corrupt really? cop. Yeah, let's look at let's check him out. David, David Harbor. Harbor. Uh, Harbor. Sorry. So so the Stranger Stranger Things cast uh, went on a rider was awesome. I think it's the best she's been. A lot a of people time. criticized her of overacting, which I thought was pretty ridiculous. I was like, I, I you know I'm not a parent, but I feel like if you were a single mom and you lost your son, I'm pretty sure you wouldn't be able to. You might overact. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Uh, I think she did pretty, pretty solid work. I, I read that she spent uh, a lot of time on set weeping when they weren't filming because she was essentially just overrun with just emotion. Yeah, yeah. she, she. It was, it was sort of a, it, it was challenging enough for her that it actually took an impact. You know, it made an impact on her. Um, David Harbor, awesome. I, you know, I love these characters too. Sometimes these characters are a little cliche, but. They're so fun to see played out depending on the actor, you know? Yeah. So his character, he's kind of washed up. He's kind of a he's kind of a slob. He's withdrawn into his own world. Uh, you know, he's definitely got some kind of pro he has like maybe a narcotics problem. Yeah, he's on some, he's drinking. He, he woke up in a, a he had a one man pill party for sure. Yeah, like he's but but he's good at what he does, you know, and he's a smart guy, and you can tell he's got a good heart. But he's a mess, and he's got a you know, dark past. Dark past. Yeah. <laughs> uh, great. I thought I thought all the kids kids are notoriously difficult to handle uh, in a production like this. I mean, this. we could talk. We've about... We've heard stories about Goonies, right? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I guess it was yeah. like impossible to control those kids. Uh, you know, on that's the set. that's one thing. I don't want any kind of Goonies type stories to come out of this. I mean, that whole crew is a mess now. We got Corey Feldman, who's just. I mean, you know, the, the story of the Corys is is legend. Oh, you mean after the movie? After the movie, yeah. yeah I don't want any, I don't want anything to come out. After. I want this to be a picture perfect. Like, I basically oh, these I'm people sure. are all from I'm the eighties. Sure. Well, we got twenty years to go until yeah, we until they're out. just messes. But you know, that's funny. I want to jump right into the kids. They were all perfect. Like the, the yeah. main kid, very much like I could tell I was talking about this with my little brother. 
Um, and he, I could tell he wanted to say that that like the lead kid who was just a fucking dork was like very reminiscent of me when I was a kid. He was being, he was dancing around. I'm like, it's me. I had the same stupid haircut. <laughs> I wore the same goofy like striped, you know, collared shirts. You, you were know? Mike Wheeler. I was Mike Wheeler. Oh yeah. man, nice one. I was like, you know. That's just that was my look. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I I didn't have like the balls to be like a dungeon master or anything. I, I, I had a weird mix of 80s. Like I was a nerd, but I also like played sports. So it was yeah. like I divided my time between a lot of different groups. I didn't have time to dungeon master or even play D&D, which I actually regret now. Like we had some I didn't have any like friends that would I would trust to be dedicated with like a full D&D campaign. So. I know I've never played D&D not once. Do you regret it? Like it looks awesome. I I do and and don't. I had my own sort of string of things that were going on at the time that people I mean, I think I we were a little after D&D. Mm, don't think, you think? We were after. Yeah, it was more 70 late late 70s early 80s. Yeah, like I think that we were I think that you know my older brother played yeah. D&D. Uh and Well, he, this show took he, place he in lived, he lived right? it. He was like you know, to this day, and he's he's older, but um, to this day, he'll still he's in his forties. He'll sit down and be like, "Man, when you were just like a wizard <laughs> and <laughs> trying to unlock that door, and there was like a, a, a fucking dragon on your heels, and you had to roll that die, and that determined it." I mean, he he's got like PTSD I mean, from <laughs> for Dungeons and Dragons. And they're you know playing. Man, like, I just like, I was just sorry, Zeppelin, man. I zoned you know? out. I was right back there in the caves. <laughs> Trying to roll that seven. <laughs> that mean, idea too that like the the die. Like I'd go into like game shops sometimes and see like there'd be die on display like they were like they were like diamond grills for like like wrappers. It was like damn, look that one's got like fifty sides to it. I'm like, what do you do with that? I don't understand. A fifty, fifty side. My Nintendo die. controller has two but input buttons and and directionals. That's it. Yeah, that's the magic of D and D. Fifty. Ways, 50 ways 50 to, times 50 ways some of them were ridiculous they were like the size of like Rubik's cubes I'm like eh, that's for like the the dangerously and you know what's funny yeah. about so here's how early Dungeons and Dragons were Dungeons and Dragons every generation has that thing that parents think is corrupting their kids and there was that did you see that ridiculous Tom Hanks movie Mazes and Monsters Oh yeah, it was like a it was like a scare movie to like you know, he like became his character and like started to slowly lose his mind yeah. and like because D and D was like Satan and like corrupted him and made him go crazy. He yeah. thought he was a healer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's that that's just bad. Yeah, that Is was there anything like, like that happening today? Like people, uh, uh, today, it's like I don't know if it's so much video the, what's games anymore. What's the gateway anymore. thing that that brings kids uh, closer to Satan? I don't know because it was like. Video games, but that was more like '90s, early like 2000. I think people have like kind of laid off video games now. They just they're just a, so much of a staple, and like yeah, they're not just for like nerds anymore either. When I played video games, it was like certain people didn't play them, and it was like I think kids. You know what I think it is? It's gonna it's overprotection. <laughs> <laughs> we don't. That's one thing I liked about Stranger Things. They nailed that vibe of the '80s where you just you get on your bikes oh, and yeah. you ride bikes. It doesn't matter where you go because yeah. it's fine. It's like no matter what it is, it's fine. And there was always that. They also kind of nailed that vibe of like the missing kid. Like that totally felt like something that happened in the '80s. Like the kid yeah. in the well, which would, like was a crazy thing because it ended up being a hoax. Like, right, right, right. But yeah, there was that whole like. But yeah, did, did you do that growing up? You know, you jump in your bike at like midnight. Yeah, and you, you just, just go ride hit bikes. The streets. Yeah. Hit yeah. the streets with your gang. Can Zach come out and ride bikes? Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just be back here before the street light comes up. You know, it's <laughs> uh, whoop your ass. 
<laughs> smack the shit out of you. That's a funny thing too. In the eighties, uh, you smack the shit out of a kid. This show didn't really address that. This is my own thing, but you know, it's funny. It, it, it changes between generations too. So my dad, like back in his day, you got your ass whooped. Like his generation, they got they got smacked. Yeah. For my generation, <laughs> it was we got yelled at. And it was like yeah. there's always the veiled threat of a smacking, but it never happened. But I, we got, sma- like, I got smacked <laughs> got a got little smacked. bit. No, I mean not not like bad. But just like it was, it was like it was insulting. It almost, was like right? that arm that can reach anywhere in the car, yeah. no matter where you are. Just pop. We got <laughs> my dad did this thing called he'd thump us. And thumping was when he'd take his thumb and his forefinger and just wind it up and just pop, just oh, blast you in the back terrible. of the head. And it was like Oh, that's awful. The instant that happened you knew that you just you did something <laughs> stupid. Yeah, he only did that when you did something. Cross I'll line. tell you the last time I got thumped was, and I was like a teenager at this point. I hadn't been thumped in a while. I forgot like what it was like. I got cocky. Basically, <laughs> is what happened. I I needed to have been thumped, and it was Fourth of July, and I there was a firework that was a dud, and I got down on my hands and knees, put my fucking face right up next to it, and tried to relight it. Whoops! With no fuse, I just put the flame to the firework. Oh no! And next thing I know, I was That's face bad. down in the dirt from the hardest thumping I've ever got in my <laughs> life. I was like, yeah, yeah. I was nodding real fast, like, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that was dumb. That was dumb. How I, old were you? Like, f- like fourteen, maybe sixteen. I okay, may have been able yeah. to drive at that point. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, of course, when you're a teenager, you're incensed. You're like, how did you do that to me? I'm a man. Like, uh, no, you we were you were stupid because you tried to light a dud firework with an open flame <laughs> on the firework We itself. do such stupid things at 14. Oh, yeah. It's, I might, have, I might have been wearing jams, I think, so we'll, we'll <laughs> place that in whatever era that's appropriate. That's what, the, that's what I liked about the show. It felt like the 80s. It made me, You know what was funny? And it, it, it like kind of shocked me when I first saw it. Nancy, is that the sister? Like the older sister? Yeah, Nancy. She had in her room... Uh, an exact replica of a of a koala mirror that we had in our house, and I saw it. And I was like, "Whoa!" Oh, oh yeah, killer killer attention to detail in terms of set design. Uh, they, they just nailed it. Yeah. Um, every piece of wallpaper. <laughs> yeah. Every appliance. Oh, like in the Steve's kitchen. bedroom was like that, like plaid, like like striped grid. Like, yeah. The whole no, they, room was like that. I was like, dude, that was such great attention asylum. to detail. You know. Um, and I appreciate when when someone doesn't necessarily try to film something to look like a time period. You know, the the most obvious and stupid example is like anything that took place. You know, in the 1920s is going to be like black and white. When I picture the 1920s, I just picture people walking around in black and white. Like I don't picture them in like they're just they see what we see. You know, like their world would have looked like the same as ours. <laughs> I always like, think I always think about that, right? Yeah. You know, you, if you if you so, somehow get back to medieval Europe, you know, and you've got a it's going to be all a, a it's going to be all hand drawn charcoal. <laughs> <laughs> if you go back there with a VHS camcorder. You know, it's gonna look. You know, medieval Europe will just look like a bad '80s. It'll look like the '80s, yeah. Like Which you know, what would be the best kind of camera to, to shoot? You know, medieval Europe with whatever uh, Avatar was shot with. <laughs> <laughs> a digital DP, I think. God, think. I, I just you know, once we get time travel going, I can't wait to you know. Can you imagine shooting something on your iPhone? Like, <laughs> dude. Can you imagine, like, for example, like shooting a dinosaur? On your iPhone, a dinosaur on your iPhone, would be, <laughs> and just trying to convince people like this is a dinosaur. <laughs> I didn't make this. I, this is a dinosaur. 
And I feel so like, all I can picture now is those stupid ads. Have you seen those ads on the city? They're like shot on an iPhone 6S. And it's like flowers in a field. We're like, do you imagine there's a T-Rex like shot on the iPhone 6S? Recovered from a bloody pile of meat. <laughs> what do you think? Should we answer some questions? Yeah, let's get into some questions. Oh, man. Let me pull some of these up. I mean, like, the first thing a lot of people ask is, that, like, what's the setup here? You want to talk about, like, our gear? Like, what, what uh, yeah, doing? so we have a... Okay, so the question is, uh, what's the Arl Nuts setup? So we've got a studio that is basically near downtown uh, Manhattan, and... Uh, we're running Pro Tools HD, uh, a whole bunch of fun synthesizers and instruments. Uh, some are soft synths and others are outboard gear. Got a lot of toys around the studio, some film gear, uh, some nice mics. We got a Neumann U87, which is pretty kick-ass. That's what we're using right now to record this podcast. Yeah. it's. I think a lot of people want to know because I think they're interested in doing, you know, setting something up similar themselves. And I think what a lot of people don't understand is that this is like, you are also a composer and sound designer by trade. And this is not just a uh, uh, pedestrian level, consumer level setup that you could just like, you know, download and start to produce on on that sort of level. Yeah, yeah, it's a mix, you know, I mean, um, a lot of stuff you can, you you know, is consumer, uh, but it's a, it's a mix. Um, to be honest, you can do a lot of the things that we do do with consumer gear. Um, if you just do do, if <laughs> if you just get in there and start exploring, um, you know, online tutorials are amazing. Uh, you know, when we get stuck sometimes with something, or if I get stuck as a sound designer, you know, it's incredible to me that I can just go online and and find a YouTube video. Somebody saying, you know, showing you how to how to accomplish something. You know, I've been able to create certain sounds that way, or or sort of unlock the magic of a device that I've got that I didn't understand was possible. Uh, so that's that's kind of amazing. The whole uh, democratization of knowledge on the being available on the internet is kind of incredible. I'm, this is a total tangent, but no, that's, but that's absolutely that's a good point. I mean, we run into like situations where there's something we want to do, and we're just like, how do we do that? And then we're just like, let's search for it online, and then yeah, some of the things you see are just purely a result of that. Uh, though we do come from backgrounds that are uh, you know music production, music composition, and sound design. It's a lot of the stuff we do It is exploratory. You know, we don't know exactly. It, we'll decide to do something before we know how to do it. Um, yeah. But once we get stuck on the idea, it, it's there. It's kind of no stopping. We us. just like, stick with it until we figure out how, how we can make it happen. That's a lot of people ask, how would you do the Kylo voice? And they think it's a simple just like one trick. Like a lot of people ask, well, can I just download something? That's like, no, we played around for hours with not only like the the effects but the performance to like get it all right it's not like it's, it was a dedicated thing that we can't really just, like just give you a cheat to fig to do it on your own like we we had to do it on our own but uh let's see what's another question here oh so here's a guy the first question we got was uh how did you guys write the script for the star wars parodies that's that's a pretty interesting question because huh we we actually yeah. got better at doing it as we went along, we started out like we were just riffing on stuff and then trying to remember what we riffed and like <laughs> recreate it later. And it was, we probably yeah. lost a pretty decent amount of good jokes that way. Though, though they, they always end up coming back because I think our core, you know, 
understanding of the jokes always get baked in somehow to yeah. the process. But so so this is an interesting question. I think another way to phrase that question is like, how do we, you know, scripting is is one part of it, but a lot of it comes from you know a set of jokes that we want to pull uh, using using the source material as, as the basis. So I think going back to the first round of notes that we had on the prequels, it included things like giving Jar Jar a super suave British voice, sort of like an Alan Rickman. Right. God bless him. You know, to see how that might change his character. We were always going to have R2-D2 make video game noises. Um, we, we, had, we didn't have any idea about the Jedi being total bros. None of that was in there. Uh, I think we were going to make jokes about the, the plot being whacked out like we've always had a lot of trouble with the idea that Anakin built C-3PO and things <laughs> things like that we were definitely going to make fun of but but the original output was going to be a very short piece that had a lot of jokes in it that wasn't necessarily driven by a narrative then as more like like Bane outtake style yeah we just like made just kind of like un, like unrelated jokes a series of jokes that yeah. were maybe audio kind of audio based you know um and then watching it down, you know, I remember Zach, you you started like coming up with a lot of really hilarious ideas along the way w during a, uh, a session where we were watching it down. And I think we just started taking our different sort of aesthetics. You know, Zach has more of an aesthetic of trying to take jokes into a more narrative place. And uh, my, my place is uh, sort of more absurdist. So in, you know, there's the potential to clash, I think, there. Yeah. But in the end, I think what happens is when we put those two things together, um, you get, you know, absurdist storytelling. Yeah, we find, like, the best... I think we find the best mix of those of both those worlds where, like, you'll... I usually... My whole thing is I usually just write too much, and we usually kind of are able to pare it down into, like, a gag. Like, just that's, that's sort of how our styles will mix. Yeah. Um, I definitely put out enough to, like, to work with and... and <clears throat> and chip away at to find the right joke. And yeah, and, and, and once we start co collabing, then a whole new thing forms. And sometimes we'll just create a joke on the fly while we're in the studio and just run with make, it. Yeah, just trying to make each other laugh. We have a set number of scenes that we know we want to make fun of, and sometimes those scenes we choose because they're somewhat easy to edit or something. <laughs> you know, Like, obviously, lip flap is going to always be an issue, but we want dialogue to make sense. Bad lip reading is awesome you know he's been a, a hero for a long time of ours his work is incredible but our take on the overdubbing stuff is to have dialogue that that makes sense yeah his whole that, thing is like he's great at finding words to make it look like they're saying he just he's just trying to match lip flap no matter what so it's like the humor is in how nonsense it is and that's and he yeah and he he's the king of the, of that yeah uh but our approach is a, is a little bit different you know, we're telling not just narrative jokes, the sort of coherent yeah. uh, narratives, but also um, a lot of weird sound designy jokes and things like that. You know, the idea of Ma uh, Darth Maul driving off a cliff and just crashing. <laughs> you know, and if, and if you look at that shot, we actually took the time to digitally remove him from the from, from the, the distance from the distance yeah, from the horizon. You, you see him emerge in the valley and ride out and we actually removed him so that we could keep the shot going longer for the, the space the, 911 for <laughs> space 911 joke yeah and yeah. That, that happened to also on the fly you know we're looking at the scene and it's like what should the robot do you know yeah. i think at one point 
the robot was trying to convince him to not kill himself. Yeah, we had the robot. Yeah, it was talking. He was like, "Oh, you got so much to live for." Ah, I forgot about that. that yeah, was, it's. I'm so there, glad we didn't go that there, way. Because <laughs> then we wouldn't have had a dance off. Yeah, there are a lot of jokes that that we that you know we, we throw and just, they, they they just don't stick to the wall. I've had a lot of ideas that don't fly. You've had a lot of ideas, you know. But but we we try to keep everything in the in the mix. So we've encountered. Here's an interesting thing. We've been encountering. Uh, I think everybody who d d follows uh, something up with a sequel encounters this problem, which is that once you've established a narrative, you have to continue to take that narrative in a direction. So you get deeper and deeper into your own lore. So while we've managed to maintain a coherent story over the, the four episodes that we've done so far, there's always this horror, like we have to complete the story and we and every episode's been getting longer, and we just we can't do that anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, somebody that's another question somebody asked. They're like, I noticed that your the progression of your entries have gotten longer. longer. Is the next one going to be fifty minutes? I'm like, God, no. Hopefully not. Like that's that doesn't happen because it, we're, we're intentionally doing it. It's just because this dumb story we're telling it. That's just as long as it needs to be for that particular for those jokes we want to tell. And, yeah, and it, it's like also you know. You don't want every joke to become something that's dependent upon the story that you've been telling. You know, we, we want, in some ways, each episode to kind of exist a little bit on its own. Yeah. Uh, without, I mean, obviously there are going to be reference points. Creepio is, is always becoming a more complicated character with his well, scheming. Especially, but, especially since he doesn't show up as much in certain, you know, he had a pretty a lot of material to work with there in the prequels because for some reason Lucas wanted him to be this major <laughs> part of the story and now he's just you know he's just kind of lurking in the background in these in these later episodes so yeah. it's so people I, are like more creepio I'm like you've seen the original movie right you know we don't have anything to work with <laughs> there, there, are some, there are some choice scenes that are of course going to make it I think what's going to happen is the episodes are going to be getting shorter yeah um, we, at one point we're going to combine episodes 5 and 6 into one final piece, but I don't know that we're going to do that anymore. We're not sure yet. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. We'll, we'll see how it goes. But we are going to finish the, tr the 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 story though up to episode six, and then we may maybe jump. We'll into see seven. what happens in seven. Yeah, if we're we may be dead by then. Let's see. <laughs> I never know what tomorrow is going to bring. <laughs> is that too dark? God, All right. yeah, I don't know. That's like, I mean, there's like the the third one's not even coming out for six years. <laughs> So it's, that's a long that's a long road to try to map. Um, let's see what else we got here. Questions, questions. That's political stuff. I don't know if I want to get into that. Somebody asked who we're voting for. That's that's yeah, not touch that stuff. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, we don't need to get into that. Yeah, but I do want to say that. No, nah, never mind. Uh, well, one person asked, "Did you build Best Max yourselves, or is that something that somebody will come around and try to monetize later?" <laughs> okay. If the company tries to monetize, but here's the thing about Best Max: we bought him, and he is very clearly a ripoff of Opti Beast Wars era Optimus Primal. It's he's like the same color scheme. Um, yeah. Best Max is a, a, a synonym for Optimus Prime. Like that's Optimus best, uh, yeah, best Prime Max, Max right? Yeah, so, it's so clearly like it's like a it's like a uh, you know a, a knockoff from I think it's Korea where the, we might I think we bought it at the Korean grocery store, so we just call it a Korean yeah, knockoff, but we, that might be unfair. We got it at a ninety nine cent store in Jersey City downtown. There was actually a whole shelf full of them. We bought them all, <laughs> so there's no chance there, there may be none left in yeah. the world. We may own the the final. 
I, I mean, is this something that's been produced? You know, in mass, like, I don't know. I, I don't we haven't been able to find them online. So here, so the question: Will somebody try to monetize this later? If they do, I think they're going to have a lot more to answer for. <laughs> if they try to come forward and try to monetize something that was clearly a ripoff of something else, as lucrative as the Transformers, yeah, like yeah. Michael Bay will show up and be like, "Wait, well, I'm sorry, what is this? Best Max?" Like, <laughs> Sadly, we did not build Best. We did Max, not build though. Best Max. How, so that's yeah. how awesome. Would that be? He actually does play that little song when you turn him on. Um, yeah. There's been, and if you've seen some, some people know that we've pulled the curtain back on Best Max and showed him in our streams. We've had some live streams. If you go back on our Facebook page, one of the earliest Facebook video uploads we ever did was us unboxing Best Max <laughs> and turning him on for the first time. I forgot about that. Yeah, no, it's still yeah. on there. If you go to wow. our Facebook page and like take it all the way back, it's it's there. Amazing. And he's, it's just covered in broken English. <laughs> the description of it is just confusing. Motor drive function. I still remember. Save forest. That was the. Oh, save forest. That was his directive, his things, I guess. Yeah. Save forest. Yeah. I don't know if it was like a forest or some dude, kid named Forest out there somewhere that <laughs> Forest Whitaker. But it might have been Forest Whitaker. Yeah, save Forest Whitaker. If it's if it said that, that'd nobody be... needs that guy's. Oh, he's got it covered. If he survived Battlefield Earth, <laughs> he could survive anything. Let's see. I assume the base was coming from your Starfighter then? That's a good question. Good question. Oh, by the way, speaking of, I assume the base was coming from your Starfighter. Have you seen Star Trek? Somebody t said, hey, okay, Star so, Trek used a base war. So I, I feel, okay, so Star Trek Beyond, pretty good film, really enjoyable, uh, entertaining, if not kind of forgettable. But there, there's a sequence, a spoiler alert coming up. They completely pull up a base wars thing where they're attacking and destroying ships with the sound of the, the beastie boys and it no I, it's yeah. they straight up use the beastie boys yeah i and they the, vibrate him to death is that what yeah no they're they're using it as a frequency oh, that's God. going out over the system but it's basically like the same effect as you know when you hear the track blast it's destroying things in a wave like the base bomb uh, and, and I, I i don't think we're Obviously, we're not so big that we we could would ever think that somebody used the Base Wars video, but I've just never seen anything no, like that. It's so no, we definitely did it first. Uh, I'm, so, I'm fairly positive, but but I don't think that they. I mean, people people are always arriving at the same. This happens to comedians all the time. Yeah. People are like, I said that joke first, and I did that first. It's like, well, and, we're we live in the same pop culture world. Like, yeah, exactly. It's totally possible like, to arrive at the same. That happens all or, the time in the industry. Follow me here, or. Is Simon Pegg a fan, and is he stealing from us? <laughs> Which one is the Occam's yeah. Razor? Which has the least amount of conclusions to leap to? I don't uh, know. Simon Pegg, if you're listening, hook a brother up with a job. <laughs> we'll write that shit for you. You don't have to steal it from us. We'll, we'll ghostwrite it. Yeah. Um, there was actually something similar in the Lego movie. Somebody threw my way, which I also never saw, but I saw the clip where Batman was, like, touting his the base in his car, which was, like, people were like, ah, Pretty sure they stole this from you. I'm like, eh, I don't know. You know, I, I, I don't know I if they did. Tend to give people the benefit of the of the doubt. I mean, know? people have accused us as well, so we know what it's like. It's like, no, we totally made that on our own. We're sorry that it's similar to something you did, but that that has happened. We're not, so we know that it's possible because we are innocent. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, did we get? The, did we ever get the Skittle sponsorship? We we did actually, and um. This, the okay. only the caveat was that we had to eat all the Skittles that we use in that in that ad, and we couldn't do it, so we didn't end up getting the Skittle sponsorship. 
There was 40 pounds of Skittles. There was literally 40 pounds of Skittles. Dropped on your face. On my teeth. Yeah. I'll, I will never forget. We had to change the way we were filming because it hurt. I thought I could take it. I was un, I was like, yeah, my face. I've been punched in the face. That's, I'll be fine. I was not prepared for how much it hurt to have Skittles dropped directly onto your teeth. It sucked. <laughs> they rattled in my head for hours. I could feel it like in my roots. <laughs> We had to change the way we... So that last shot of me laying on the ground with my mouth closed was because I just couldn't take it anymore. It was just, Even at like... Craven got as close as he could to me with, while not being on camera, and it still sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I had like phantom pain after that. It was just like... Yeah, and that, that other, the other guy in the video uh, is is Bagu. That's not, uh, that's not me. Awesome friend and uh, childhood friend and... Super down for whatever. Yeah, he's always... Uh, he, he's like a special guest and a bunch of stuff. He was actually one of the main characters in Spear Questers. He's totally amazing. Yeah, look up some old, uh, the original collaboration between us, Spirit Questers. It has its own YouTube channel. Check it out. With one video. One video. Well, no, there's a teaser. Uh, let's see. This is another script question. Where can I purchase a Best Max? Uh, this guy's asking, whatever happened to the Bear Show? The Bear, we mentioned it. Uh, Bear Show is still running. It's just as its own channel. Um, that's Bizarro Studios uh, on YouTube. There's like six episodes, six or seven episodes, I think. You know, it's it's become its own project. It was never intended to be an Arl Knots project. We just debuted it on Arl Knots to sort of uh, give people a, a taste of like other things we were capable of. And you know, it's a collaboration uh, with David Bizarro, who who works with us on a lot of our videos. So you should definitely check it out if you're into the Bear Show. Yeah. What's the most fun video you guys have done? I guess is the, that fun as in like the fun we've had making it? Is that the most fun? They're all fun. They're all fun. I mean, we always we always end up cracking up at stuff. And sometimes when you're editing a scene and you and you just don't know if it's gonna work. You know, we laugh about the, the concept, but then when you go into the edit, you're not sure. You know, it's like what would it be? You have fun? that like, oh no, what have we done kind of moment. Yeah, like or or you know, the idea that, you know, Kylo might turn to some guy and be like, hey jerk, you know, like will that work once you hear his voice and and you know, you add music to the scene. And sometimes we get in there and put something in it and immediately it's like we just start cracking up and we know that it's gonna it's gonna work. And we usually don't release something that didn't make us crack up anyway. So yeah, it's like in that weird way all of our projects are you know, equally as fun. They're all pretty fun. I think personally, though, I think one of my favorite things that we've done to shoot was sweatpants. Sweatpants was a weird day. It was such a weird day. We I tried mean, so many things, too. We tried to have us both in the video. We were trying to do this weird slow motion, like choreographed dance. Yeah. Where I was like slowly pushing you over. It was like we tried so much and just none of it was working. We just didn't have the, the studio and the space and the gear. What a weird thing, but it was so funny though. I, just, I, I, don't know, I remember you it. were just like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's just shoot you not doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> Let's turn it into like this creepy Terry Richardson like <laughs> tribute. And people like, and then we uploaded it. And as soon as we hit that like share button, like make public, we were just like, Dude, what are this we is done? the end of us. <laughs> <laughs> this channel's over. It's been fun, man, but. Sweatpants is the end. Yeah, some, and that video—it's like over a hundred thousand views so, now. Some, People, some comments were funny. We've waited four months for this. Oh yeah, there was like that. We straight got. I would actually, what? I would actually like so be interested bad. in going it back into like seeing like the analytics of how many subscribers we lost that day. Oh, I'm sure it was in the thousands. <laughs> no, we must have lost thousands. Probably the tens. 
tens. We, we'd be surprised. We actually we we lose subscribers on every video we release. And I, <laughs> I have to honestly think that some people just get mad that it's not episode five and just yeah. leave. Um, that's actually another reason why we're doing this podcast because we we don't. The only time you ever hear from us is when we upload a video, and so you don't even know what that video is going to be. And so I, I, some, I, I, on that level, I do understand that frustration where it's like you have no news, and it, it, you may follow us on Facebook, but we don't really post updates on Facebook either. It's like, yeah, Craven and I, we get together when we can, yeah, and we work as much as we can, but it's not a regular thing that we can guarantee. So we don't like making false promises when we don't even know ourselves. So then we, so then we end up. The problem is we end up not saying anything, and then you react like then we just out of the blue release sweatpants <laughs> yeah so we can understand you know yeah. the, the, just for the record the star wars episodes are a notorious if, m- mother to, to make they're, they're they take a lot they, out of us they, they really are when we don't release something for months it's not because we're not thinking about it or not working on it or both they, they just they're a grind i mean working out the scenes uh to to make sense Trying to make sure that every joke is the best that it can be, it's it's tough. So we really put a lot into it, and you know we want the the, the final product to be the best possible thing that it can be. We want to believe in it, uh, and it just it takes it takes a lot out of us. So just know that you know what's going on behind the scenes is is a, is a lot of work. Well, that's what like something like a podcast helps because then we can just get like you guys can we can update you on that crap. So it's yeah, not just a crap. Mis- it's not a mystery that the you like <laughs> that you might have a bad reaction to when it is unveiled. Like an allergic reaction. Allergic reaction to sweatpants. <laughs> which is that's a bummer of a, a allergy to have. That's, nobody nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. You always wanted to have that option to just <laughs> give up and throw on some comfy pants. <laughs> Somebody wrote, we want another Space Pub version because they, they want the sample to have more of the original Cantina Band sound. That's not going to happen because that's a straight-up copyright violation waiting to happen. Like, you, we obscured yeah, it. It was inspired yeah. by the Cantina. It that, was like... Okay, so the Cantina Band uh, track. Yeah, that uh, that was one of the first things that we did in anticipation of Episode 4. We, we knew that we would eventually get to Episode 4, so... Back in the, you know, when we first started this, we were like, oh, let's have that be a club scene. That place is, people are getting high in there. It's going to be like this really trippy, chill vibe. So something yeah. like Space Pub. We are planning to go back and revisit a number of tracks to to make a sort of epic uh, full album release. Maybe it'll be like a mix of new versions and remixes of a lot of the Star Wars stuff that we've done. But we're probably going to do like a full album of of stuff, and maybe tight. what we'll do is we'll we we may go back and we may add a little bit more synth stuff, uh, synth work to to that track to to bring in a little bit more of the Cantina Band tr- song. The most recent Flash song kind of pumped us up again to like get back into the music game. Yeah, for sure. And that that Dance of the Fates tip. Yeah, boy. Yeah, that uh, I don't know. That's we got a. Uh, Oh, somebody asked like, "What of our favorite comedy influences are?" That's and I think that's always a funny question because oh, then I try to think about it. and I'm like, a lot of the stuff we joke about, like where our jokes come from, isn't from comedy. Like, somebody like Creepio and the Singularity Engine actually comes from our love of like horror and sci-fi. Like, nothing yes. about that is comedy influenced. This is true. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. But if if we were going to talk about comedy that that is inspirational or just comedy that we love, a lot of British comedy. Yeah. Um, Peter Serafinovich uh, w- was involved in in a show called Look Around You, 
um, which was two seasons. It to me, it's like the the perfect, most dry British comedy that is humanly possible. Uh, like something similar to compare it to, I guess, would be um, Black Mirror. Like Black Mirror is uh, is it Chris Brooks? Is that who wrote that? Uh, Charlie Brooker. Like that's primarily he's done some other stuff, but his pri- his start and his base was comedy, and you get something like Black Mirror out of that. He, he I feel like he kind of observes the world the same way we do, where you see like the humor and the darkest stuff, and then you can find you know dark stuff from humor or you know funny situations like the episode where it was like Facebook World, where he had to run on the or ride on the bikes and just like to earn points to to buy fame and it's like it was such a dark take on it and it's just that's sort of how like i feel like co- like successful comics have to be able to look at the world like that you know and like yeah you you make light of dark things that's that's, that's what observational comedy is things that bug everybody but they're making a joke out of it and that's sort of the same thing that you know to a lesser extent we do with some a lot of our jokes you know it's something dark like a sentient robot being turned on too early and that, that's like what is that going to do to his mind he's self-aware <laughs> right right why would he be comfortable just being switched on half finished like why would any I just, I just imagine like a person and I always joke about like how it's very much like Hellraiser if you've never seen the Hellraiser films a lot of it's centered around like escaping from hell where you where your flesh is taken from you and finding new flesh that's like yeah. the sort of like the whole first movie is all about this guy just trying to he escaped from hell and from Pinhead and he's just trying to get new skin. <laughs> there are some uh, some gags that I, I still think about to this day too, some like visual gags. You know, Mel Brooks, uh, the Zucker Abrams team, those guys, they were innovating with comedy in such nutty ways. Like, there's a scene... In uh, Robin Hood, Prince of uh, sorry, Robin Hood, Men in Tights. Yeah, Prince, don't talk about Prince no, we won't do that. That movie's dog shit. There was when I saw it as a kid, it, it, it like it, it hit a part of my brain that I, I didn't even really realize was there with comedy and it, it just with absurdist. Uh, so absurdist comedy really really gets me, you know. Right. So there's a scene where Roger Reese playing the sheriff of. Was it? Did they give it a weird name? Rottingham. Sher- was- okay, Sheriff of Rottingham. Uh, he he goes to visit the, the witch, right? And the witch is always trying to. She's always trying to hook oh, up with right. him. Right? She's like so, super. She's like aggressive, into him, you know. Yeah. And she's always try- <laughs> she's always like it is space, and he's always like get out of here, you know. So she has this life size cardboard cutout of him in the room. <laughs> And it's like a classic, like stand-up, you know, cardboard thing that you'd see in like a Best Buy or something, yeah. you know, advertising a film. It's like, cl- you know, classic Mel Brooks breaking the fourth wall, you know, industry stuff. So he sees it and he's like, "Oh God, you know, the, she's into me and whatever." So at the end, she's sort of like, "I'll do this for you if you do this for me," and he's like, "Oh my God, you know." And the last thing that happens is it. It cuts back to the cardboard cutout, but the expression, the expression on the cardboard yeah. cutout is changed. <laughs> He's horrified. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the, I mean, that is just too funny. You know, that's such a weird he, detail and such a hilarious yeah. way to cap a scene. Well, he's it's, it's, it's funny amazing. we bring up Mel Brooks because he's one of the first people to like really parody Star Wars like that too with Spaceballs. He does weird fourth wall breaking stuff too, where they're like watching the video of Spaceballs and like. <laughs> Uh, Roger Reese has aged very well, by the way. He's a handsome man. 
I don't know if that's a most. I don't know if that's a recent picture, but Roger. <laughs> yeah, I remember yeah. from Cheers. He was like the the new fancy boyfriend. I think of Rebecca. Yeah, oh, Cheers. Yeah. That's totally him. Oh yeah. Look at that chin. That's a man's chin right there. That's a man's chin. I wish I didn't have to hide mine with a beard. If I had that chin, no problem. <laughs> so the comedy influences definitely run deep. We'll be getting more into that as we do more podcasts. You'll be getting to know a little bit more of that uh, part of who we are. I like sci-fi and horror a lot more than I like comedy. <laughs> if you like Creepio, you should go look at some David Cronenberg films. <laughs> He's all about body horror. The whole point of a David Cronenberg movie is to make you feel uncomfortable in your own skin. Like that's... Not like figuratively, but like you will be disgusted with humanity <laughs> when you watch a David Cronenberg film. Videodrome is a great one. Uh, yeah, Videodrome's great. Of course, The Fly remake with Jeff Goldblum. Uh, that that movie, I still dream about that movie once in a while. Like, just it's, thinking about it. It, it affects. It affected me. Weird. Like Seth Brundle, Brundlefly will show up in my dream every once in a while. I'll be like, well, this has just gone south. Brundlefly's <laughs> here. He's going to puke on my arm and dissolve it. Like... <laughs> God, it's 7.45. Is this trailer ah, coming al- out soon? It's almost time for Star Wars, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, man. What else? Do we have any other questions? Yeah, we got tons of questions, man. Let's do one more. I like uh, the one of our original Twitter followers, Kate Jackson, asked us if we were eating healthy for Christmas. <laughs> An old callback to a uh, <laughs> one of our original videos. I thought that was cute. <laughs> I like giving shouts out to our old our old fans. It was like, wow, somebody like got on board with Bane outtakes and was just like, we're willing to just see what, what else we were going to yeah. get to. It took us so long to follow up on that, too. I'm surprised we, <laughs> we got anybody back. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for sticking with us. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, a lot of you have been with us for a while. Some of us are even like real Facebook friends. You see pictures of my family. <laughs> and I will uh, not be eating healthy for Christmas. Yeah. Ever. We'll, yeah, we'll, 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 keep, we'll keep going with this. We'll keep throwing... Uh, we'll try, If we do more episodes, we'll hit some of those questions we didn't answer. We ended up getting like 96 replies or something like that. There's no way we were going to be able to cover everybody. But you know, thank you so much for for writing in and like showing an interest. That's awesome. And we will be happy to answer more in the future. Yes. And you can find us <laughs> at no duh. We're all knots. That's why you're listening to this.com. <laughs> but also, if you're interested in helping us make things faster, including episode five and six, <laughs> this is not a bribe. We just need, we just would like to work on this stuff more often, and you can help at patreon.com backslash all knots. You can also check out some of our goofy t shirts, of which we're going to be expanding on, spreadshirt.com backslash all knots. And we have a good back catalog of music. Yeah. Uh, Bandcamp, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. All the all the stuff. Rhinestone Cowboy. Is that a real store? No, Rhapsody. That's what Rhapsody. it is. <laughs> Rhapsody. Amazon. Cowboy. We're in every shop. If you're, Whatever your preference is, you will be able to find all knots yep. stuff there. Always new music on the way. And uh, do, do, do. 